Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Rangers Review Morning Briefing for Wednesday, the 23rd of November. I'm Derek Clark, and I'm joined by the Dream Team this morning. First of all, Joshua Barry. How are we doing, Joshua? Good, yeah. We're almost on time, Derek. We do seem to get a lot of flack for our timekeeping on this show, but... Yeah, and quite right, too. CGM55 says, uh, does this ever start on time? Uh, (laughs) To apologise. There's lots of uh, intricacies before we go on air, folks. Uh, But we're here now. Uh, to talk all things Rangers, which is why people are tuning in. How are we getting on, Stevie? Um, where is it? You were talking off air. You, you get absolutely drenched taking your dog out for a walk earlier. Yeah, I dropped the kids off at school and then took the dog out. And it's one of those ones where you open the car door and she looks at you as if to say, really? Are we really doing this this morning? <laughs> but um, yes, we were. And um, I've discovered that my nice shoes actually are leaking. So... My, my, my feet were quite cold and, and wet, but it's my fault we're late. We were gossiping off air about new manager stuff and that, so I take the blame for that one, guys. I apologise. Yeah, no problem at all. Um, right, let's talk all things Rangers. Well, before we do that, actually, you can see the little ticker below, folks, and the link is also in the description. Our Black Friday offer is on just now. It really is a sensational deal. You can take advantage of six months' worth of content for just one pound, head over to rangersreview.co.uk forward slash subscribe to take advantage of it. You won't be disappointed, I assure you. There's so much content on there just now uh, with regards, of course, to the big news on Monday with Giovanni Van Bronckhorst being dismissed as Rangers manager. Lots of pieces on there about who could replace him as well. Uh, of course, Michael Beale as the front runner as it stands. Uh, and Joshua, um, your piece uh, on this tactical philosophy is doing well on, on the website. Um, a lot of fans are, are looking forward to a, a potential Michael Beale in charge of Rangers taking over from, from Van Bronckhorst. Um, the pros and cons uh, of this, every managerial appointment is, is a gamble. Of course it is. Um, would you be for this appointment? Yeah, well, I should just say while um, we're on the topic of the website, Derek, uh, we've got uh, so much content on there from the last few days, everything from opinions about the end of Ambron course, numbers from it, why it didn't work, um, to potential new managers scouted, uh, Stevie's opinion, a, a long read on Michael Beale's philosophy, um, got other Michael Beale content, obviously, from uh, when he was here in the past, um, as well as you know, a number of other things today. So do go and take advantage of that. Just one pound for six month link in the description. Um, definitely, hopefully won't uh, regret it because there's absolutely no money and you're going to get loads and loads of content um, for, uh, for for that money. Bill, yeah, we spoke about this a few times there. It was not really a, a front runner in the way there was with Van Bronckhorst this time last year. Um, obviously, around that time, there was a couple of others' names touted, but it seemed like there was quite a unanimous verdict that... Van Bronckhorst was the, the manager that people wanted. I think Beal, you know, if he was 10, year, 10 years down his managerial career, then he would maybe be in the same position with Van Bronckhorst because Van Bronckhorst obviously had went away to, to a couple of other clubs by the time he came back to Rangers, although he wasn't there as a coach in the first instance. Um, so I think there's a, a, an element of reluctance about that. But then if you look at the pro side, Having worked with these players, um, you know the the type of football that he can coach. Um, you know, although QPR are seventh, they were top at one stage. They went through a bad run. He, you know, he was obviously uh, wanted by by Wolves as well. He's obviously an excellent coach and would be able to to coach Rangers to play a style of football that can be effective domestically. 
any appointment at the moment, though, Derek, is going to be a risk because if you go for someone who's perceived to be a, a safe choice or someone who the board and the club know or, or who knows the club, then you could end up in a situation like Van Bronckhorst again. If you go for someone who perhaps is a little bit more left field but is more experienced, has managed at a higher level, are they going to be able to adapt to, to Scottish football? So you can see the pros and cons um, of, of both sides. But as I say, I, th I think with Beal, what will go against him and, and some opinions at this stage is the fact that he's not managed that long. What will go for him is obviously what he did at Rangers and his reputation as a coach, which is obviously so high. Yeah, um, he certainly seems to be the front runner, Stevie. Um, now, the, uh, some of the comments coming, and it's not a universal uh, 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 point of view that everyone's in agreement they would they would want uh, Michael Beale in charge of the football club. I think we touched on it a bit yesterday. There is, uh, of course, a, a degree of risk with this. Uh, he's only been a manager in his own right. For a few months, of course, down at QPR, uh, he's doing relatively well. Uh, you'd have to say he's on a, a pretty poor run at the moment. But, I mean, these things happen in the championship. It is a marathon, not a sprint. However, can you understand the reservations some Rangers fans may have about this type of appointment? Yeah, absolutely. But as a Rangers fan base, we couldn't agree on the weather half the time if we looked at the <laughs> So. It doesn't overly concern me. You know, I understand people, understand completely what people are saying with regards to his experience and, you know, his, his kind of lack of managerial time. But Stephen Gerrard was completely untried when he walked in the door and, and he revolutionised the club in the, the three or four years that he was there. So I completely understand what people were saying. But, you know, I think that to get experience on the job, it, it can be as just as as valuable as having it coming into it. But you know what? Rangers is a unique job um, in, in terms of what you have to do. And it's different to any job anywhere in, in, in football that you have to win every single game. And that's the demands, you know, a, a draw and a defeat is a disaster, you know, kind of thing. So Michael Beale understands completely where we are. And I understand that the, the draw that that he would be for the for the um, boardroom. So, Bill also is very good on the pitch, uh, on the training pitch, and he can get the best out of the players. So that's what the that's what the the boardroom will be thinking as well in terms of who can we get in that can coach this this squad, who can we get in that can coach the best out of these players. So, I understand it from that point of view. I understand the reservations, but we spoke about this yesterday, Derek, in terms of whoever came in. You know, you could go. And and say say the other front runner, just for example, was Nutson of, of of Bodo Glimp, and he's one of the ones that's been mentioned quite a lot. I could sit here and say that you know there's a risk from him because he's never been out of his country. He he plays a really attacking style of football, concedes a lot of goals, you know, his win percentage isn't very high. You could make a negative um kind of angle for anybody that was linked with the job. So we just need to wait and see um, in terms of what happens. We, the way that the, the some of the football that we played under the, the title winning year under under Gerard and Beale is obviously the attraction there. But um, there's also other years where similar things to this season happen. So if it is Michael Beale and if that's the route we're going to go down, then I would hope that Michael Beale was able to come in and have his own say on the squad and not be... Um, so favourable to some of the players that have, have repeated the same cycles that we're seeing. So I can understand the kind of trepidation from people that might worry that would be the same thing. But 
listen, there's there's pros and cons to absolutely everything, and I don't think universally yeah, yeah. the Rangers support will agree on much anyway. So if it is him, I think, or if it, you know, even if it's anybody else, we just need to get behind it and, and try and support it the best we can, and hopefully whoever comes in can can try and get a tune out of this players and these squad. Yeah. Uh, listen, folks, I need to dive off the video just uh, momentarily. Wow. I'm going to leave you in the capable hands of uh, uh, Master Joshua uh, to, to steer the ship at the moment. Hopefully, we'll be back uh, shortly. Um, so, Joshua, you are on the hockey, buddy. I'm in charge. This is an insight into Stevie, an insight into Derek Clark's um, wild lifestyle where he gets calls from interviewees during a podcast. I was going to come back to you and say... I remember this time last year speaking a lot about when Van Bronckhorst came in and changed the type of football that Beal and Gerrard had been playing and thinking this is a breath of fresh air. Um, I remember that game against Livingston where they won 3-1 and there was wide wingers and it was different, it was faster because let's not pretend, although Rangers were four points ahead at the top of the table by the time Beal and Gerrard had left, they hadn't managed to kind of reach the heights again that um, they had playing wise the season before. Now, increasingly, I kind of think, and I don't know if you listened to Beal on the, it was the BT Sport Curry Club podcast. Yeah. Just a number of comments that have come out in the last year. You think of Goldson after that League Cup semi final against Hibs, uh, the 3 1 defeat. You think of some of the players and the way they've trended ever since the, the 55 season. And Beal was kind of mentioning is there one or two players who, you know, for them, that title win was. The, what they'd been working towards per se, definitely the, the final in Seville last year uh, w w um, was that as well and more refreshment has been needed. So w w looking back on that summer, will they think, well, if we'd had a few more players and if we'd managed to get a Beerman, um, if we'd managed to just freshen up the squad a little bit more, then that lull wouldn't have happened. And another interesting point I want to put to you, Stevie, um, which I was going to uh, go with when, when Derek spoke, asked me, Beal wasn't the manager under Gerard, and although he had a lot of influence, he had a lot of influence in the, the training pitch. Um, Gerard made no secret of the responsibility he placed on Beal. Beal ultimately wasn't a decision maker, and I think that's an interesting um, topic when we're discussing maybe the lack of variation or Rangers doing the same uh, thing too much under uh, that that regime. Do you think Beal is is going to could be more flexible when he is the number one boss in there? Especially looking at what happened when the two of them split up with Villa and QPR this season. I mean, I'm going to look a bit at QPR today, and I'm interested to see how much he is willing to change and adapt things because I think towards Gerard's end at Rangers, that kind of was a bit of there undermining the fact that they they didn't mix it up enough for me. Well, you're not wrong with regards to when they left. If you remember the. Um, the Hibs game where he Gerard famously responded, you know, at full time to the two one victory so passionately, which is very much unlike him. There was a lot of pressure on him um, and on the management team at that point because things weren't great. Potentially, you know, particularly rather on the field. So again, I understand it, but it's interesting. See if you if you take Michael Beale's comments from the the kind of the, the curry club on, on BT Sport and what he said about players being at the end of their cycle and things like that. I, I can understand what gives me then a wee bit of, of kind of hope is that perhaps Michael Beale is, is more than well aware of, of what needed done and what needed freshened. And if he's then coming into that, he you know he, albeit there's a year difference we're still in the same position, more or less, that we were this time last year under him. So, sure, there's been a, you know, there was seven that came in 
as well as James Sands, but largely it's the same squad, and he'll know he'll know what what he can what he do, what he needs to do, who he can get the best out of, who needs to be moved on, and he'll be well aware that there's big decisions and hard decisions to be made. So there is look, I mean, there's pros and cons with everything, and, and being able to change. I mean, this is going to be the big thing, you know. If Mick Beal comes in and we go rigidly four three three, and there's not a massive change, then We'll, we'll still have the same issues unless he's able to to rip up this squad and get the players he wants in and things like that. But it's the same for any manager that comes in. You know, would Sean Dyche, for example, be really rigidly four four two? And you know, and and we talk a lot about tactics and we talk a lot about style and things like that. But the bottom line is, you know, whoever comes in needs to win, Joshua, and that and that's that's the the absolute bottom line of it. You know, Rangers Football Club is built for winning and. If you're not, and when you're winning, you know these things kind of get overlooked because as long as you get the three points, we keep going, and, and you know, it's 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 just it's the same thing here. You know, whoever comes in, if they hit the ground running, people won't worry about styles too much. Yeah, yeah. I'll put a few points to you, Stevie. Adam S. Beanie Smith saying if Beal is turning down Wolves, he won't go to Rangers. Wolves have spent about three hundred million on the squad. Uh, William. I'd be happy enough with Beal coming in as manager, but he needs a strong, experienced backroom staff with him, which I believe he does have. A, I think every member of his QPR backroom staff are actually older than him from memory when we interviewed him in the summer, William. Um, so that fits into your point there. John says, we need a manager with experience, not another project that takes a couple of years to get it right. Uh, another point I wanted to put to you, Stevie, was... The way that Beal, it struck me again in that BT Sport podcast, and it's well worth a, a listen to if you've not uh, done so, folks. Um, he, he made very confident comments about the league title. Uh, he said effectively that although maybe a defeat in, in an old firm was on the cards because Rangers hadn't been beaten in, I think, seven games, seven or eight games by that point, he thought they effectively saying he thought they had the upper hand in that fixture. Um, I think his quote was, there was no way that anyone was coming past us. Beal might not be an experienced um, experienced manager, but I think what he would have to his benefit, Stevie, is the fact that um, he knows he almost knows how to play the game from a communication point of view. He knows what messages trend well. And if you compare that with Van Bronckhorst, who perhaps is more straight and, and doesn't think as much about the, you know, how to play uh, certain situations, you obviously cast your mind back to that Ajax defeat and those comments which kind of haunted him uh, until he ultimately lost his job a few months later. Um, do you think that's a fair comment that although Beal doesn't have, again, he doesn't have that experience, he's not a, a managerial figure like Gerard. he would understand, um, I, guess, I guess, the impact of his press conferences, um, how to communicate and He's, he's obviously confident in his ability and that in, in the situation he'd inherit if he was to come in, whoever comes in, they'll have to have that because Rangers have, they've looked fragile in recent months and, and you can't have that, especially when you're nine points behind the, the top of the table. I think Mike Bull, you know, overall, as, as well as that point, I think Michael Bull would be more than aware of what the demands are at Rangers Football Club. Um, he, he's watched them almost every game since he's left. Um you know that I've been in contact with him. You know every now and then, so I I know that he's he's kept in con he's kept up to date and up to speed with exactly where the club is, exactly where the players are. So it's you know it's it's a difficult one because it just for me it goes back to to what 
what we said a wee bit before, you know, the the whole Michael Beale conversation. He 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 is a risk. Everybody's a risk. Giovanni Van Bronckhorst was a risk. So whoever comes in now, I just think that this this board it has to be a home run for them. It has to be a home run for Ross Wilson, especially. So I, I, that's why I think I've, I've thought since this happened and since day one they, they would look towards Michael Beale. So, with regards mm-hmm. to his message and things like that, I, I think that's a fair point. And it just comes back to what he he comes in and yes, he's experienced and experienced, and yes, he doesn't have much managerial um, kind of kind of years in the job. But Michael Beale's been in Brazil. He, he had a, a grounding at, at Chelsea. He's worked at Liverpool. He's now been manager himself at QPR after a, a wee bit at Aston Villa. And and for three and a half years, he was very much the man behind the scenes at Rangers. He, he was very much the man on, on the training pitch. Um, Steven Gerrard was a figurehead. He was the one that took all the responsibility on. He was the one that did the press, etc. Michael Beale also managed Rangers when Steven Gerrard had the COVID outbreak for the week. So he took them to Europe where we won against Alesh Kerr, it was 0-0 over there, obviously, and then we beat Celtic at the weekend in the 1-0 game, and, and Mike B was, was completely in charge of that. So he he knows the expectations, he, he knows what he needs he would need to do, so I'm quite comfortable in, in that. And and yeah, I mean, I, listen, I do have a soft spot for Michael Beale. I think that's quite clear. I've always had that, and um, for me, you know, he's a really great guy, and I would back him to, to be able to, to take this job on. So... I don't want to. I don't want to put myself completely out there and, and say that you know he's the number one choice and things like that. You know, but for me, there's pros and cons of absolutely everyone that comes in. Michael Beale and and obviously we've spoken about him quite a bit so far this morning. He comes with the experience and the know how of, of what the demands are of the job, and he also comes with a a very good insight into where this squad were this time last year, which I believe we're still in the same position. So. He will tick a number of boxes for this boardroom, should this be the way we go down. Yeah, and obviously we'll speak about some of the other candidates before, the linked uh, potential candidates, I should say, before um, the end of the show. But it's probably important to note as well, Stevie, that what what is such a big factor in this conversation is, as you allude to, where the squad are. Um, I think for a while it looked as though Van Bronckhorst had managed to give this squad a new lease of life, certainly, by making a few additions in the summer, that's an opinion most people would have held after that win away and against PSV in um, when was it last? Uh, it was August, end of August. But looking at the squad now, I mean, I've done a piece for the website today um, discussing a few different systems that the new manager could use, and you're struck by firstly how light Rangers are at the base of midfield, just how impactful these injuries have been. Uh, you know, a number of players, someone like Glenn Kamara, uh, Alfredo Morelos as well, who were at such heights under Beal and Gerrard in that 55 season and, and look absolute shadows of the players that they were since. And, and lots of factors will come into that. I certainly don't think that Van Bronckhorst football suited uh, Glenn Kamara week to week. Um, and Morelos, as we know, has had his separate issues. Whatever manager comes in, Stevie, there's going to have to be additions in January and, and with 10 players, I think, out of contract next summer, there's going to be a real overhaul next summer so it's it's a difficult job not only because you have to in the immediate term stabilize but you have to you're going to be part of a big build rebuilding process which 
you know, it absolutely needs to happen next summer, Stevie. And I think all the evidence shows that more of it should have happened the summer that's just passed. Yeah, and I think that's been a kind of universal, that's been something the Rangers support has agreed on. I think we all thought that this rebuild should have came, you know, a lot sooner than, than it is. It's now more or less been forced upon us, but that's where, you know, possibly somebody with insight into the club has the upper hand in terms of they know exactly where these players are that are coming out. I don't think that we can go another summer where you renew McGregor, Arfield, Davis, Jack, etc. I think these players will possibly run the race. So it's going to be need to be big, big, brave decisions over that. And you're also looking at as well, could Michael Beale get the best out of Ryan Kent? Could Michael Beale get the best out of Alfredo Morelos? Well, he already has. So that'll be a big draw for the board, potentially for them as well, because these are two massive assets. And would these players want to play for Michael Beal again? And the answer most likely there would be yes. So there's a lot of kind of fat, little factors that, that, that play into the, the, the wider thing. And then you, you can look at it the other way and say, well, you've got a manager coming in that, that would maybe be a wee bit more cutthroat and, and decide that these players have ran the race and, and they do all need to go. So... Whatever we, you're absolutely right, Joshua. That this squad is at the end of its, its lifespan. There's some players there, you know. You, you mentioned Glenn Kamara. I I don't have any inside knowledge to to his kind of position, but I can only tell you what it looks like from from me. And I think that from the summer when he didn't get his move, I think it's looked like a player that doesn't really necessarily want to be here, and that's difficult. So there is big decisions, and there's a big rebuild. And when you go back and you talk about the injuries and, and Van Bronckhurst at the end of August, Van, Giovanni Van Bronckhurst has been extremely unlucky. The loss of Tom Lawrence, the loss of Connor Goldson are absolutely massive. Any new manager, when it gets to the kind of end of January when these lads are back, will get that new bounce. Then you get Yanis Hadji coming back. You've hopefully got other guys around it that's going to reinforce it. So a new manager instantly gets that kick as well as being the freshness of, of whoever comes in and stuff. So the, it is time for a rebuild. I think. I think Joshua, that's that's completely clear. But it's something we've discussed as well that this that this squad perhaps is a wee bit tired and has run its race. And I don't think that's. I don't think that's been unfair. And we don't need to criticise or or individualise anyone in terms of who should go and blah blah blah. I just think as a collective, there's big decisions to be made. Yeah, of course, we should obviously put across the, the other side because as much as there'll be people who do want Beal, there'll be people who think uh, that that is the wrong decision. Um, positive vibe here saying, why are we not looking at proper experienced guys um, and winners? Um, most of them, can I just say, Joshua, most of them, proper experienced guys and winners are all in jobs. You know, So there's not an outstanding candidate available for this Rangers job at the minute. And we're not in a position to go and pay three, four million for somebody that might be in a job. So there's a small pool of candidates that are there and none of them have experience and win mentality kind of stuff like that suggestion. I completely understand it, but I just think if there was an obvious attraction out there, we would certainly go and get it. And I'm not sure there is somebody that fits that. I'll come back to you with this one, Stevie, because I think this is a great point by Alan, who says we must stop trying to make the pass work again. Now, taking what you say there, Stevie, you know, the job market is, um, as you say, 
Rangers aren't going to go and probably buy a manager out of, out of his contract for millions and millions of pounds. We know some managers in there maybe have more of a track record than others that have been linked with the job. But is there an argument that this is, you know, Rangers didn't refresh in the summer when, when they should have? I think we're in, in agreement about that. Um, that's one of the factors for me that came back to bite Van Bronckhorst. Do, do, do you think there's an argument that this is when Rangers should be trying to, to kind of have a break from the last few years, trying to start a new cycle, a new manager with no ties, with no connections? Is there an argument that they should be doing that and they're still trying to, to cling on to, you know, what brought success a couple of years ago and, and get what they can out of that? Is, is, is that a fair argument or do you think the fact that Beal's his own manager now, it's not as if it would be the same management team that, that doesn't kind of hold up? No, I think that's absolutely fair. And I, I completely understand that. And I completely understand. And part of me agrees with having a, a freshness, a new style, a new identity, perhaps a new formation, new ideas, a new culture at the club. I completely understand anyone that would say that. And that's why I've tried to be kind of level in terms of saying to myself, don't, you know, don't get all your eggs in one basket. Don't push out on, on one person to come in. I need to be broad-minded and and, and realise that it, it might be somebody that comes in that I'm completely unaware of his style and, and what he will bring to management. And that might work better than going down the route of somebody that we know and it's got ties and emotional ties in with the club. So what Alan says there and what people are saying on social media that, that might not want Michael Beale or, or might want something completely new, I agree with that. I, I, I get that completely. And for me, that's 100% fair. And I understand that argument. The one there about looking at the past trying to work again, that's kind of relevant managerial side and for the playing squad, I think, because what we've maybe done there is is tried to prolong a couple of people that we shouldn't have. But hindsight, look, is a wonderful thing. And I don't want to come on this show and, and bleat on the same things every day about my feelings about recruitment, excuse me, and stuff like that. But, you know, there has been mistakes made. So... Hopefully, whoever comes in um, can rectify that. But the point that Alan makes and the wider point of people maybe not being 100%, I completely understand it. And and I, again, I understand and, and agree with those viewpoints. So I'm not shut off to anybody else, Joshua. I'm not all in for one person. I'm not all in for one other kind of, you know, one, one way of style and stuff like that. I just think that, you know, we need to be broad-minded and, and kind of see who does come from here and, and when they do come, just, you know, basically go all in and welcome them and, and try and get behind them. So it's not been an enjoyable last few months. Um, you know, PSV was the high. And, and since then, it's been it's been particularly difficult to to not only watch, but to be a fan and, and, and support through it. So, you know, the, the change has been made now. And it's vital that what we do next really is the correct decision. I want to talk about some other names then, Stevie. We've given a good amount of airtime to Beal. And obviously, as you say, there isn't a, a real front runner, but I think Beal is, is certainly maybe the, the name that's being mentioned most just in the discussion at the moment. So I think it's justified to spend a good bit of time speaking about him. But of course, there are some other names as well, which I'm going to read out to you. Um, Dominic Tedes Dominico, sorry, Tedesco, someone that um, obviously managed against Rangers uh, last season with RB Leipzig. Um, Knutson, Deich, Hassenhutl. I mean, my opinion, uh, I think where Rangers are at the moment, they need to. It's, it's difficult to sift through the 
the argument of they need someone who who maybe knows the club because if you look at recent experiments of, of people who haven't known the club, obviously Cachinho Le Guin, Van Bronckhorst did, but he was you know he hadn't played in Scottish football for a number of years and, and therefore was coming back. Um, so so I guess he's kind of got a, a foot in both camps. When all these names are, are coming up, Stevie, do you think it needs to be someone who knows the club? Because my opinion is is that Rangers need to get the best, we'll need to get the best football manager because the best football manager will give them the best opportunity of, of winning games. And some people may say, well, that's naive. Look at the games. You have to go away to Pitodri and, you know, we have to the teams you have to break down at home. Oh, yes, they're all unique. I completely agree with that. But they are also football games, you know. Although at times I think Scottish football can... And not be the most glamorous on the eye. I still think playing the best football, the most effective football, will, will give you the best chance of of winning matches. From the names outside of Beale, Stevie, who gives you, who perks your interest the most? Who do you think um, could potentially make the best next manager at Ibrox? Well, I don't have a massive, I don't have a massive knowledge of of Domenico Tedesco, but from what I've kind of seen, he liked to play a progressive kind of attacking football style of football. So. I understand that people might kind of gravitate towards that. There's been a, a, another few names. Ralph has. I, I, I don't think that's. I, I don't think that's even remotely possible. Uh, the amount of money he was on, and I think maybe he would take a break and, and command like a, a premiership job. So I don't think that's that's one. Sean Dyche is the obvious. I think the obvious potential one, and you get the old throwback draw to you know the hard lined British tactical, you know, organised, the ability for his team to go up to Pataudry on a, a midweek and, and kind of get those, grind out those results. That's the kind of mentality that, that draws you towards him because you think he would be like that. So he, he's he's probably one of my front runners, in, in my own opinion, in terms of what, what you might like to see. And Stevie, I'm just going to interrupt while you you give up while you talk about Dice. I'm going to plug my laptop in just so you don't think I'm abandoning you. But you give you give me a bit on a minute on Dice, and then I'll be back to give you the counter. Ah, oh, yeah, no problem. I thought you were going to say there was breaking news or something there, and that's that would be the second thing that's happened. But no, when we talk about kind of Sean Dice, I understand that 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 might be an appeal for people. I understand perhaps the freshness of, of somebody like Domenico Tedesco that that's been mentioned. You know that. That different style, that different culture, that different formation, that different kind of attacking style, all that. Like I completely understand it. And then, you know, the, the other Ralph Hasselhoff been mentioned as we spoke about there. Guys like that, you know, perhaps guys like Kevin Muscat as well. I just think that's slightly too much of a risk in terms of where this board are going to go. Goes back slightly to to only my own opinion and what I said before about. This this board needing things to be a home run, which is why I think they'll they'll stay fairly safe. I think that Sean Dyche is a safe approach. I think Michael Beale is a safe approach because you're really sure of what you're getting. Obviously, Ross Wilson's worked with both of them before as well. So, some of the names that are being mentioned are a, are a bit more exciting, but I'm not sure that they're completely realistic. People were talking about yesterday some of the names we had yesterday: Thomas Tuchel. Rafa Benitez and stuff like that. That's that's elite level management that aren't coming to Rangers on on minimal kind of budget or minimal wages. So we're not going to be able to get guys like that. And I and I truly believe that if we could, we would go and get them immediately. So I think that we have a pool of names that have been mentioned that will be there and thereabouts. And don't forget, 
the, the, the club, you know, relatively do do business quite well. There might be other names that are in there that we just don't know about yet. So it's going to be interesting to see. And I think, you know, from all accounts, that the club are moving on with things. Um, Stuart Robertson and Ross Wilson are in London at the moment. So interviews and initial discussions and things like that are ongoing. And, and we just need to wait and see. I, I don't think that the, the board will just meet with one person. They didn't meet with just one under Giovanni Van Bronckhurst when he was the clear favourite. He did want the job. He did apply for it, etc. So there's a, I still think, Joshua, that um, there's there's a wee bit of work to do, but there's, I, I do also think that we will we'll get an answer to it very soon. Yeah, and I guess the, the opposite side to Daesh is if you're saying, OK, there's drawbacks to Beal because... He's not been a manager for long. While Rangers won that title, they, you know, had, maybe you could point to their cup records. It wasn't brilliant at the end. You could point to Dyche and say, yes, maybe he'll give you X, Y, and Z. He'll understand it. Um, he'll fit the the prototype of what some supporters want out of a, a manager. But has he been tasked with the type of games that he's going to face at Rangers? Maybe he could bring in a, a first team coach like Gerard did with Beal and be that uh, stature esque manager that. Um, I'm not saying that that Gerard wasn't involved tactically because obviously he was, but we know how much of an influence Beal had on the training pitch. But I think that there's risks attached to that. Um, if you go for someone who's not been involved in Scottish football, there's risks attached to that as well. Um, someone like Tedesco, I think, is is a really exciting name, but the, the it's it's a difficult situation that whatever manager will come into inherits. It, more difficult, I'd argue, than what Van Bronckhorst came into last year because. He was still four points clear at the top of the table. There was, I think, still an expectation that Rangers could go on um, or a confidence that Rangers could go on and win the league title, which was certainly extended by the, the run on, up until the the winter uh, the winter break, um, which was obviously brought forward at the time. Could have been more if, if, if not for that. Um, this season, the, the manager will come in with Rangers nine points behind, as I say, with that huge overhaul needed in the summer uh, regarding out-of-contract players, and that doesn't include players that um, you know, are on loan as well. So that will come into, I'm sure, what type of manager that, that Rangers opt for. A few comments saying, do, you know, who's who's your favourite? And, and honestly, I, I don't know at the moment because it's hard to it's hard to pick out of that list. But I think what my my general opinion would be that again, aside from all the um, re requirements people have, maybe about a certain type of manager or the requirements of Scottish football, I, I just think Rangers in the last few months their chance creation hasn't been high enough. Um, and I don't think that's had anything to do with the nature of Scottish football. I think that's because the, maybe the way they were coached um, just didn't break teams down enough. It wasn't quick enough. And, and and maybe, as I think Johnny outlined really well in a piece, Stevie, that Van Bronckhorst's philosophy would, would be better suited to when he does have to adapt to opponents like in Europe. And it's not all about his team setting the tempo and playing quickly and, and breaking teams down. I think Rangers need a manager who's going to be able to to coach uh, a football team to, to be really exciting on the ball and and create a lot of chances. So that would be, I think, the top requirement um, number one for me. I know someone I'm just seeing in the comments there, Gallardo as well, uh, another name mentioned. There's lots of exciting names out there that maybe aren't that much of a potential, but um, a, a Turkish manager or a manager in Turkey who I'm going to find his name because his name escapes me as well. Um, Stevie, just as we're, we're coming to a close, you're saying there that you hope it will be done in, in the short term. How important do you think it is that I think we're in agreement that Rangers need a manager in place for that game against Hibs, which is in 
what about just under a month's time so there's plenty of time um, for that how important is it that this process is done quickly because Rangers are nine points behind in the, the week and have a game against away at Pataudry and Dingwall um, both areas where they, they dropped points last season before the old firm on, on 2nd of January it feels like a real sliding doors moment as well, where if a new manager comes in and gets a few positive results, the January windows there, maybe something can be achieved from this season. Um, otherwise, if, if it if it drags on and he doesn't have that time, because again, another factor, sorry to go on, but another factor within this conversation is they have a mini pre-season, which Van Bronckhorst didn't have last season and is quite rare at this point. So how, how important do you think it is that the manager is in place for when the players come back from holiday? So he has that time to work with them, not only to build confidence, but get across what he wants them to do and, and try and help them win those games before Christmas. Well, the players come back a week today, so they're due back next next Wednesday. So um, I, I believe I believe that a manager will be in place by Monday or Tuesday at the latest. So all going well, I think that the new manager will be here. I think that we'll most likely hear yeah. over the weekend about it and then announce that at the start of next week. That's how I envisage things going and how I would hope. So it's it's absolutely vital that a new manager gets in in time and, and, and has that potential to work with the squad, evaluate who's available, evaluate, you know, training-wise and, and try and get back on the pitch and, and kind of go from there. So, yeah, I mean, look, I, I think it is vital. You know, I think it would be really, really unfortunate if, if we went into the likes of Leverkusen home game, like the, the Swansea home game, which it, or the, the Swansea behind closed door friendly that has been kind of mooted as it has been, you know, on as well. I think that's on the third. So I think we need to have people in place by then. I think that it gives the, the new manager an opportunity to assess before December and also then begin to build. With regard to salvaging something of this season, Derek and I spoke about this yesterday, the Cups have to be the main focus in terms of silverware and league-wise. You just need to try and get into stride. You need to try and, and, and be able to go to the difficult places like Ross County and Aberdeen and pick up wins and then just keep chopping away and see if you can put a run together see if he can build confidence. I remember Alex McLeish, when he came in at this this exact same time, was in a very similar situation, and he managed to win a double, and he chopped away at the league. I think he went maybe 15, 16 games before he lost at Livingston away 2-1 in his first defeat. So we need that same similar kind of bounce. We need to try and, and claw back anything we can. The, the old firm matches, we need to try and put a stamp on them and, and build for the future as well. So there's plenty to play for. Um, and the manager has, you know, the new manager coming in knows that the, the pressure of, of delivering a, a league title, for example, this season is, isn't there because the expectation isn't, isn't wildly high for that now. So they have that on their side. But and, and way back to the original point, it is vital we get somebody in. And I do believe that by the time that the players come back a week today, somebody will be in. We're, we're rejoined by uh, Derek Clark. Sorry, um, flying visit. Derek, I'll, I'll just play host, just get your final opinion. We've spoke about lots of things, um, as you can imagine, all the different managers, but the final point being, how important is it that Rangers get that manager in um, by the time that the players come back from the, the break, so he can treat that many pre-season as a time to get them best prep for getting points before the old firm and, and, and trying to keep this season, not only the league title salvageable, if not you know, it's it's not really within touch and distance, nine point nine points behind at the moment, unless Rangers go and win that old firm game 
um, but also doing well in the Cups. There's a Cup semi-final in, in January, I think it is, as well. How important is it that they're in place, you know, as soon as possible to have that mini pre-season? Yeah, I think everyone was sort of, <laughs> Stevie's dog just getting in on the act. There it is. Absolutely fantastic. No, I, <laughs> I think it's a ideal, an ideal time. I think everyone would sort of be in agreement with that. I think if a managerial change was to happen, it would be at this point in time. Uh, it gives a new manager plenty of time to uh, bed in, get his new ideas uh, put onto the players. Of course, the next competitive game isn't until 15th of December, so a good few weeks yet to um, to integrate uh, and get uh, their, their feet under the door. It'll be interesting if it is Michael Beale, what his backroom team uh, are, are going to be uh, as well. Um, but listen, I think uh, Rangers, as Stevie says, I think the league, in my opinion, uh, is a, a long shot at best. Uh, it's effectively 10 points of difference uh, with Celtic's uh, superior goal difference. So certainly the Cups, I'd be looking at uh, adding to uh, the, the Cup Hall. Scottish Cup was was brilliant last season, long overdue. League Cup, uh, Rangers have uh, uh, underperformed uh, and of late, there's no doubt about it. So I'd be looking for it. There has to be improvement, hasn't there? And usually when a new manager comes in, you, you do get that new manager bounce. Uh, so you've just got to hope that that will be the case uh, with this uh, uh, festive run of fixtures uh, leading up to the Old Firm game as well. So, uh, yeah, I'm interested to see what, what's going to happen. I think that there will be a bit of movement this week. Um, and like uh, Josh, I'm sure, has, has told you folks, just stay tuned to our social media channels and, our, and the website and we'll bring you all the latest with regards to who's going to replace uh, Giovanni van Bronckhorst. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Well, remember, folks, you can subscribe just £1 for six months on the website. Right now, we have all the content you could wish for regarding not only the managerial search, but Giovanni van Bronckhorst reign um, and amongst other things. You can read about Michael Beale's tactical philosophy in there, how a new manager might set up just one pound. And if you do um, watch us on YouTube, that gives us a lot of support as well. If you could subscribe and like the channel, that would be excellent. Keep the notifications on in case we go live at any point during the day. Uh, until then, enjoy the rest of your Wednesday and we'll speak to you 